You're listening to the Taz and Paula Show, and our guest today is Christine Upchurch, was headed to what she terms a sensible career on a sensible path as a research scientist designing and analyzing clinical trials in cancer research when she suddenly became a cancer statistic herself, and then Christine had to been diagnosed with early-stage lymphoma. She then headed to the library and began researching alternatives and embarked on a path of holistic healing in which her cancer simply disappeared. Well, this is simply amazing, isn't it, Taz? Oh, absolutely. It's so exciting. Oh, I was going to say, letting people know we are, you're listening to the Taz and Paula show, and um, I'm Taz, and now continuing. Um, Paula, you know where you left off. Christine was so inspired by her experience that a passion arose inside her to know more about alternative therapies, and it was then that she discovered reconnective healing, the breakthrough form of alternative healing that tens of thousands of people around the globe are learning to apply to others to their loved ones, and to themselves. And since then, she has become one of only four people in the world authorized by Dr. Eric Pearl to teach reconnective healing. Dr. Pearl is the founder of Reconnective Healing and author of The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, and it's now published in 36 languages. Well, Christine is the only woman on the team that travels the world instructing people on becoming reconnective healers. And she has the first reconnective healing center in the nation, Northwest Reconnective Healing Center near Seattle. Today she has the satisfaction of hearing clients report recoveries from fibromyalgia, hepatitis C, chronic fatigue, depression, and more and of teaching others how to do their extra extra <laughs> my tongue is tied this morning extraordinary work Christine Upchurch what a gift to have you this morning and we're going to be able to meet you in person uh on the uh 22nd of October because we're going to be flying down to go to the master master conference, conference. Yeah, yeah well thank you both so, for having me this morning and I look forward to meeting you in person well, it's so exciting to watch someone go to this way of healing. And did it start with you uh, having this energy of wanting to do this kind of work all along, or or did it just kind of sneak up on you? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because um, I think there's a duality to most of us. On a soul level, I think I had the inner urging for this sort of thing my entire life. But then, you know, there's where the rational mind comes in, the common sense, the teachings of the people around me, the, the vibration of the culture, if you will, was, was pushing me in another direction. And I remember when I was about 21 years old, I was, uh, it was the summer between my junior and senior year of college and my undergraduate work, and I was a math major, and I was trying to decide what to do next. Like, should I go into computer programming or should I go to graduate school to study statistics? And, you know, I was just thinking, what do I do, what do I do? And then I heard this voice loud and clear inside my head saying, you're a healer. And I thought, where the heck is this coming from? And, oh, my gosh, isn't that an egotistical thing to say about myself? And was that be- I, before you became ill? Yes, it was. And I wow. I thought, you know, I didn't understand that um, – that the healing doesn't not come from the healer itself, herself or himself. It, it actually comes from the divine. And so I was thinking, well, I, you know, I knew that I had plenty of emotional baggage and I was so far from perfect. How could I be a healer, you know? And I dismissed that. And then I went and proceeded to move forward in my career as a statistician, studied statistics in graduate school and, and so on and so forth. And then, um, gosh, in my late 20s, I developed the early stages of lymphoma. Now, I was a relatively young, um, exercising vegetarian, and I was facing lymphoma. And at that point in my life, you know, I didn't have any plans of learning about anything alternative. I think I'd heard of acupuncture at that point, but, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't think I want to have needles put in me or anything like that. I I just didn't have that mindset. And um, so I went to a conventional medical doctor who specialized in this disease, and he told me something I never expected to hear from, you know, a a Western uh, medical doctor. He said, you know what? With this kind of cancer, Christine, early treatment's not helpful. 
in fact, we think that it may actually end up shortening a per- person's lifespan. So what we're going to do is we're going to biopsy you every month, and when it gets to be bad enough, we will put you on chemotherapy. And so I went to the medical library, and I'm a very rational-based person. I went to the medical library, started reading about this type of lymphoma. And with this kind of cancer, they don't give you the chemotherapy like for six weeks or you know eight weeks or whatever to try to cure it. They give you chemotherapy the rest of your life. And so here I was with this, you know, potential death sentence and certainly a sentence to, um, you know, live putting horrible chemicals into my my body on a, you know, weekly basis. And I'm thinking, there's got to be something else. And I was sort of forced into this abyss. I, I had no choice but to begin to explore. I mean, I guess I could have put it off to the side in my mind and tried to pretend it didn't exist, but it was screaming at me that I wanted to live and I wanted to be whole. Because when you face a health crisis, I think one of the things that comes up for us is there are things missing, you know, that relationships might not be what we hoped for, you know, we might not be doing what we want in our lives career-wise, we might not be aligned with our true inner self, and those sorts of things are screaming at me to explore and to learn. And I ended up, um, I found this wonderful therapist who specialized in health crisis, and she taught me to meditate and do visualization. Now, this was back in the late 1980s, so she was way ahead of her time. And after working on, you know, doing a lot of inner work, after about two years, the cancer disappeared. It was gone. No medical treatment, and the cancer was gone. And I continued on my path as a statistician, and yet, sort of like in the closet, you know, on the weekends I'd read books and go to seminars, and I was fascinated by this concept of healing being so much more than, you know, a surgeon taking something out of a person's body or drugs changing the biochemistry. I knew based on my own experience and based on my inner inner um, knowingness that healing is so much more. And so I began to explore and eventually found my way to reconnective healing. And when I did, it was like coming home in a really deep sense. You know, what's so ironic is your research was with cancer. So this this seems so ironic. Yes, indeed. Your soul was <laughs> knocking you over the head with a two-by-four, telling you you had to go in a different direction. <laughs> right, and sometimes, it, you know, that's what's required with some of us. We have to be hit in the head by two-by-fours. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't want to do it that way, but it was wonderful that it all turned out great for you. So, Yeah, and, it, and it's funny because it's, um, you know, I see the dysfunction that was in my life that was sort of, helping to create the dis-ease that ended up manifesting as cancer. And yet on a soul level, it was absolutely perfect because it took me from a path where, you know, I was a really good statistician. Actually, I'm I'm involved somewhat with some of the research that they're doing with reconnective healing, so I've kind of come full circle in that respect. But it, when I was doing um, statistics, it was disconnected from my heart. It was not something that my soul called me to do. And so the cancer crisis, allowed me to sort of shift gears and find a new path and led me to a place where I feel very connected to my heart in terms of what I do, what I teach, and how I connect with people. So you you travel all over the world teaching this. Yes, That's I do. wonderful. Uh, you teach uh, level three? And level one, too, yes. Level oh, okay. one, too teaches you how to do reconnective healing, which, as you were saying before, that's what um, Eric Pearl in his book, The Reconnection, talks about. And then level three is um, something different that utilizes the same frequencies of healing. And um, it's really about overlaying a new meridian system and and helping people on their life path. Oh, wow. (laughs) Taz and I are taking uh, level one and two, but three sounds very exciting. It is. Well, tell us, tell us, how do you explain reconnect feeling? Our listeners, you know, just need to hear this. Yes. Well, you know, there's so much that we don't know about this, but I will tell you a little bit about the history and what it is, the little tidbits that we do know. First of all, reconnective healing is a type of hands-off healing, Um, and it originated with Dr. Eric Pearl back in the early 1990s. There he was chiropractor. He had a very successful practice in the Los Angeles area. And after a strange series of events, 
suddenly his patients could feel his hands before he touched them, and they were having these multidimensional experiences, if you will, felt the presence of others in the room when there was nobody else there. Um, and some of them were experiencing these amazing healings. So this was sort of the, the genesis of the work, if you will. Eric began to kind of play with this newfound gift. Took his, you know, he, he'd adjust a patient, and then he'd take his hands off. He'd say, just close your eyes, and, you know, I'll... Um, just let the adjustment settle in, and then he would start to reconnect the feeling. He hadn't called it that at that point, but that's essentially what he was doing for about, you know, three, four, five minutes. And people started experiencing amazing healings. Like, we're not talking just, you know, the spine is back in alignment, but rather people getting up out of wheelchairs, people having stage four cancers disappearing. And then, you know, eventually people were coming from all over the world to see him. Some of the people he had worked on said, you know, Eric, ever since you worked on me, my hands are buzzing. I think I could do this work. And he's like, no, 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 you can't teach this. Eventually, they twisted his arm, and he tried teaching this, and he found that, yes, indeed, you can you can immerse a person in these frequencies of healing, if you will. You can immerse a person in this this charged field and teach people the philosophy that is reconnective healing, and other people can go to their communities, to their families, and facilitate the same kinds of amazing healings that Eric was and is, and that those of us who have been doing this work for a long time um, have been facilitating as well. So it is a gift that is very easy to share, and it is extremely easy to learn. It takes oh, about two days is all, and so at the end of two-day seminar, you'll have all the tools you need to step into your mastery as a healer. You know, I was reading some of your material before we had you on this morning, and I think if you could share a little bit maybe about the healing impact on plant and plant DNA so people know oh, that, yes. you know what I mean, there's no like people always think, well, yeah, you have to have this thought process, but I thought this was really neat about the plant and plant uh, of plant DNA, so if you'd share that. I'd be happy to. Yes, there has been a lot of research, and, and the rational statistician in me loves the fact that we've been um, doing research. And, you know, there have been such amazing results. And one of the fascinating things about reconnective healing is that um, oftentimes the healings are, like, instantaneous or occur over the course of a few minutes. Typically, in the seminar setting or at presentations, we'll demonstrate the work on somebody who's got some sort of physical restriction. For instance, um, somebody, you know, has had a shoulder injury that they had from a car accident five, ten years earlier. They've had surgeries, physical therapy, and they still can't raise their arms, say, beyond shoulder height. So if their arms were like the hands on a clock, they might look like they were at three o'clock. And then we'll, you know, as instructors, what we do is we work with them for maybe two minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, and more often than not, at the end of that, people are able to raise their arm all the way up and they're pain-free for the first time in years. So it demonstrates that this work happens very quickly. Now, the amazing healings and the way this works, the way that it, it, the healings occur so quickly, has gotten the interest of several scientists from around the world. Now, one of the scientists is Glenn Rain, and he had done research on... Um, the effects of energy healing techniques on plant DNA. And he was looking at Reiki and Qigong and I think one or two others as well. And strangely what he had found with this work, is, with um, the other types of energy healing modalities, is that it seemed to slow down the process of the healing of DNA. What Glenn does is he takes plant DNA and then he heat shocks it. Now when DNA gets to be injured, what happens is it goes from being nicely coiled sort of unraveling. And with this plant DNA, he was finding that if you didn't do anything at all to it, it would take on average like eight months for it to, to become coiled again, for it to heal. And with um, like Reiki and Qigong, it actually slowed down the healing process. So when we went to work with him, you know, he said, I think it's going to be the same thing. And, and we said, we didn't know. And guess what? It actually speeds up the healing process of the damaged plant DNA. And we've also found the same results with human DNA. So we have evidence that reconnective healing affects DNA. And in fact, strangely enough, it not only has healed the, the damage that was caused by the heat shocking, but it also repaired some of the inherent defects in the DNA before they were, it was ever heat shocked. How incredible. Well, my question is... Um, now I'm 
do you carry this reconnective healing in your voice or your energy and your there, the reason why I'm asking this is because I'm feeling something different while while we're interviewing you. Yeah, and it, it it's it's definitely when you interact with this, you can interact by picking up Eric's book, The Reconnection. You can interact by coming into a seminar setting, and it'll be interesting to see how it feels to you guys when you're there um, at the level one two seminar because scientists have shown that the room shifts dramatically. I mean, we've we've felt that for years, and we've had people telling us for years, oh, it feels really different in here, and and they. You know, they've talked about how much they felt changed after the end of the seminar, but now we have the evidence to suggest that. And so, yes, and, you know, in fact, there have been um, radio talk show hosts who have received healings on the air um, just by having the conversations. You are interacting with me, and it's not about me per se. It's like, oh, the, the universe is saying, oh, they're interested in reconnective healing, and here it is. Here's an aspect of it. <laughs> Well, it's an ongoing chi throughout the body that I'm feeling as you're talking, and I'm going, wow, this is really, really amazing. Well, you know, it's interesting because there has been some anecdotal scientific evidence that um, if you're familiar with acupuncture, there are these jing well points where the the chi enters and exits. And, um, you know, from my understanding of Chinese medicine, when there is disease in the body, it's because the energy, the chi, is not flowing through. Well, um, there was a, a researcher in California who um, looked at this man before, during, and after three reconnective healing sessions. And he found that, first of all, the Jing Well points became balanced, became more open, so that the flow of the energy that flows through us you know, was able to go more freely. And the man ended up having an amazing healing as well, but he was able to show <clears throat> through these points you know, how the body came back into balance. So the fact that you're feeling the chi moving through may very well be, you know, the energy, the normal chi, or it may be the reconnective healing frequencies or something opening up with you so that the life force just moves more freely. I don't know. I really don't know. Well, when you're re- when you're taking the class, you say emerging with the energy. So when we go take the class, we emerge with the the reconnective energy and our body tunes to that and and has it forever. Is that how it works? Yes. Now, first of all, um, you know, we refer to to um, a lot of the healing modalities out there as energy healing modalities. But reconnective healing, although it does contain energy, it is more. Strangely enough, with reconnective healing, it tends to increase with distance. If you're working on a person, um, typically what happens is you know, if you've got somebody lying on a massage table and you're working on the person they'll go into what we call registers. They're involuntary physical movement. The most common is um, the eyes fluttering almost instantaneously, the breathing becoming staccato. Sometimes people's fingers will start to twitch. Um, You know, their torso might shake. And people can't stop this, you know. It's just, it's for whatever reason, once we hook them up to this communication via the reconnected healing frequencies, their body is shifting. Well, as you move farther away, not only as a practitioner do you feel it more strongly, but typically the persons on the table's registers will increase. And anecdotally, with the um, the plant DNA research we were talking about before, there was um, one of the reconnected healing practitioners who had been told, like all the others, you know, put your hand, oh, you know, four or five inches, six inches away from the test tube of the, the DNA that they were working on. And she decided to break the rules. She got established that connection. She started to move farther and farther away. Guess which DNA healed the fastest? Wow. The one further away? Yeah, the one farthest away. That's right. And um, so this is more than energy. We, um, you know, say that it's energy, light, and information for, you know, a a myriad of reasons that we'll get into over the course of the seminar. But, yes, you you get into the um, seminar setting and you learn this work. There's an aspect of just sitting in the room that shifts things for people. Now, Bill Tiller, he's a famous quantum physicist. He was in the movie um, What the Bleep, and he's from Stanford. Brilliant, brilliant scientist. He's done research with us several times to look at the what he calls the thermodynamic free energy in the room. What he's looking is he's looking for this quantum-level energetic variable to see how it's shifting. And what he's found is that the room itself shifts dramatically. 
And he says in order to create this in his laboratory, what he has to do is he has to turn up the physical temperature up 300 degrees Celsius. 300 degrees Celsius, which, of course, would, you know, burn down a, a hotel. You know, clearly it doesn't get that warm in our seminar rooms. So there's something different working on the space that's creating this energetic shift. Bill Tiller um says that what's particularly odd about this is the shift in the room happens two to four days before we teaching we members of the teaching staff ever show up to teach the seminar. So there's a shift that occurs in the room, and Konstantin Karatkov has been able to measure a similar kind of shift looking at the electrophotons in the room. Um, but what happens is a person gets immersed in this, person learns to do this work, and the philosophy itself is very, very powerful. Some of the things that we learn as practitioners is about letting go of attachment to outcome, letting go of fear, and trusting in the wisdom of the universe. And there's something really powerful about that philosophy. But anyway, scientists have shown that by the end of the seminar, people tend to carry essentially more light. They have more electrophotons. Um, Konstantin Karatkov, he's looked at people before and after sessions, before and after the seminar, you know, and he's he's shown that, generally speaking, people's biofields, you know, like the scientific version of the aura, but the biofield becomes more complete, much larger. The energy centers tend to get more centrally located and more circular. In other words, we've got, you know, scientific evidence that the body, mind, spirit becomes more aligned and for greater balance. And that will translate into better health and well-being. I was just for the practitioner. I was just thinking, um, you're, you're talking about this, and I'm wondering how is it when, uh, for instance, if you wanted to work with your friend long distance over the phone, uh-huh. I mean, would, is this... Uh, do the same thing or oh yes this definitely transcends distance and you don't need to be on the phone um you can connect and you know lynn mctaggart um wrote the book the field and greg braden talks about the divine matrix there is an energetic structure in place in our universe including over our earth and through us that we can tap into and, you know, there's scientists who talk about quantum entanglement, you know, particles that are re- behaving the exact same way, keeping their, maintaining their connection thousands of miles apart. There is communication that has nothing to do with physical distance, and reconnective healing transcends distance for sure. Now, the more the practitioner practices this, does their field enlarge? I don't know. Um, certainly, the more you interact with these frequencies, I would I would assume that that occurs because um, after interacting with the frequencies over the course of the seminar weekend or after having a session, the biofield becomes enlarged. And I certainly know that some of us who have been evaluated by Constantine and his research um, scientists have shown that you know many of us who do a lot of this work tend to have very large biofields. But I don't know for sure about that. There's there's so much about this we don't know. I was just imagining you walking through an airport and and your your biofield would be touching everybody else <laughs> as you go through it. As long as I don't set up any alarms, I'm okay with it. <laughs> do you do you find pe- uh, that people are attracted to, or strangers are attracted to you? It's almost like you're a beacon of light. It's funny because um, one of the things I'll tell my students at seminars is that um, after taking a seminar, just to pay attention to how people are looking at you because I swear they started looking at me different the, the, the moment I got out of that seminar. And, oh, animals, animals love this work, and you can actually learn to do this on animals. It's very, very simple. But when I came home from my first day of my Level 1-2 seminar, I sat down to take my shoes off, and my cat was in my lap, immediately it's like she was sticking to me like glue so yes i do believe it changes us and um you know i I believe that it's shifting the light within us and uh, we certainly have some scientific evidence that indicates that's the case and and we're uh, when i'm saying we we as though i've already done it (laughs) uh, after taking the class we're little uh, light beings probably shifting the energy wherever we go Yes, indeed. That's, I suspect so. But um, it's 
it's hard to know, you know, how we touch others, particularly because, um, you know, as scientists have shown, we don't end at the edges of our body. And, in fact, what scientists are saying about how healing occurs is kind of interesting. They're saying that, um, yes, there's a biochemical process, but it does not begin within the body. It begins by our body, mind, spirit, if you will, sort of interacting with the field around us, getting information from that field that triggers that biochemical healing process. So, yes, we we extend beyond our bodies, and we are interacting with people on multiple levels that we can't even perceive for most of us, I suspect. Um, So, yes, I I do believe that, um, you know, there are people who are greatly affected just by our very presence near them. I can just picture myself after taking this workshop coming home and touching all my plants and all my animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like so is it sounds like there's a different kind of energy available on this planet than there has been before. Is that the case, do you think? I believe so, yes. And you know, we are undergoing all sorts of shifts on this planet from um Earth changes, look at what happened in Japan, to people being in economic crisis, emotional crisis. Relationships are shifting all over the place. Um, And people are having sort of crises of faith, like, you know, they're looking for something outside of themselves or within themselves that connects them, can connect them to more to source. And people are becoming discouraged with some of the things that they've thought of as being just integral to their lives, and they're looking for something more. So is it any wonder at this time of a shift on the planet that the universe would offer us something more? Well, maybe it's the, the 100th monkey rule here. The yeah. more that uh, people that are working with this energy, the higher the frequency of uh, the Earth is becoming. It could be, yes. Now, you're talking about um, people being affected by the economy and everything else that's going on. Does does this work help people emotionally? It absolutely can. I've seen numerous emotional healings from within my private practice as well as in the seminar setting. Oh, and by the way, um, oftentimes during the, the seminars themselves, people there will be people who have physical healings, not just the ones we demonstrate on up on stage, but the ones that the, the new practitioners in training are practicing on each other, and, and oftentimes there will be some sort of healing. And, yes, it can be emotional. You know, I've seen people who've had lifelong depression suddenly have that depression lift and get off their medications. Um, my, uh, I had an assistant who worked for me for several years before she moved to the East Coast, and she was one of these people who, you know, was sent in by her mom, and she thought, well, you know, I don't know if this is, but I'm just going to do it. And she was terribly depressed. She was on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. This is really, oh my gosh, this is really interesting work. Uh, maybe we'll tell. I hope she calls back in. We'll be telling people if they're interested in going to this conference or to this training. It's going to be in Los Angeles beginning October 22nd. So um, maybe she there's could actually, tell people how to get... Hmm? I was going to say, um, uh, there's actually a complimentary evening, uh, October the 21st, and, um, and it's, uh, gosh, it's from 7 o'clock on. And again, you know, the, uh, to connect with Martha Gomez, and there's a phone number here, it's 323 Nine six zero 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 one two, and you can call her and talk to her about everything. So it's, I hope uh, she, I hope she realizes that she's not on the air anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, the, so the mastery conference uh, meet and greeting the the speakers too, huh? Right, there's going to be more than just the the workshops for the reconnection healing. Uh, There's going to be uh, quite a few speakers. Uh, I could probably look and see. Well, I have Gary Zukov and Lee Carroll. 
Eric Pearl, Dr. Eric Pearl. Doug DeVito will be there. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't remember any other names right now. But Excuse me. Oh, she's back with us. Oh, Hi. Hi. Strange electrical disturbances. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> um, we were just telling people about the conference, and we were hoping that you realized that you were talking to the air <laughs> and not us. <laughs> well, eventually it started beeping at me, and uh, I just figured I'd call back in. It's, you know, one, one of these experiences that keeps us living in the moment. Oh, certainly this morning has. <laughs> yeah. First it was Taz. Uh, well, uh, we were we were explaining how people could get in touch. Um, we gave out the telephone number for the conference, and oh, we were great. telling people about the conference while you were coming back in. Okay. Well, tell us about a little bit about the Mastery Conference. A little bit on October the twenty second. Do you want to tell us a little more about that? Well, the Mastery Conference is a wonderful event. It's a, a one day event. Um, Actually, we start off with a few other events that I'd love to chat about. Um, first, on Thursday, on Thursday the 20th, we are offering an introduction to reconnective animals, which is about using reconnective healing on animals. And then at 7 p.m., um, an introduction to reconnective yoga, which is a powerful form of yoga that utilizes these frequencies in a yoga practice. And then Friday night, there's a free another free event. It's... Um, the uh, Reconnective Healing um, Essence Lecture, Eric Pearl will be talking about the history of this and how this came about. And this is a wonderful chance to hear Eric talking about this work. And, and it's just sort of an amazing story, and it can be hilarious. Because, to, to, you know, here he was a very sensible man, and he still is a sensible man, but he had something very strange happen to him. So it's wonderful to hear his perspective on it and have an opportunity to see this work um, and see it demonstrated and learn more about it and also be immersed in the seminar setting where there's something that shifts, as scientists have shown. And then on Saturday, the 22nd, is the Mastery Conference that um, involves some wonderful people, including Lee Carroll and um, I was talking about Lynn McTaggart before, author of The Field, Eric Pearl will be there, Doug DeVito. Um, so it's a great time to come and sort of be with like-minded people and have an opportunity to hear some of the wisest people on the planet speak. And you can either get that in general admission that includes a box lunch, or you can um, sign up for the VIP buffet lunch where you get to have lunch with the speakers. Okay. I actually gave out Martha Gomez's phone number. Is uh-huh. there another phone number to give out instead of hers? Well, you know, you could you could just call 888-ERIC-PEARL. E-R-I-C-P-E-A-R-L. That's the 800 number for the office. Okay, good. Where so you might want to just, yeah, I was going to say, you might describe <laughs> a little bit of between level one and two. Yeah, level one and two seminar teaches people how to facilitate healings. It teaches people how to do reconnective healing on their own. And, People will, you know, some people come because they're just hoping to have a healing themselves. Uh, some people will come just because they're curious. Every once in a while we get a drag-along. I love the drag-alongs because they're the real <laughs> skeptics, you know, and I, I, I love skeptics because, you know, the, the true definition of skepticism is not being closed-minded but rather being open-minded with some discernment. So, you know, people don't necessarily... You know, they have to believe everything they're told just because it feels good. But if you're a true skeptic, you'll say, well, I'm not sure about this, but I will check it out. And so having skeptics show up and and hear about some of the scientific evidence and see the work demonstrated and then have them go and play with this themselves, practicing on one another and seeing what other people's experiences are and experiencing this for themselves while lying on the table. It's always a fascinating transformation to see skeptics um, come around over the course of the weekend. So some people will, you know, be dragged along. Some people will actually show up because they know other healing modalities and they would love to learn how to do reconnective healing. Some people just want to learn this not for professional reasons, but because they'd like to be able to offer, say, their pet or their loved one a healing session when, you know, the, the someone's not feeling very well, someone they love is not feeling very well. Uh, and also it's a great way to learn how to do self-healing where we can utilize these frequencies of healing within ourselves. Perfect. 
Well, I know uh, I have a husband with back problems, and uh-huh. he's going to be my first <laughs> client. All right. <laughs> I'll call it that. So, let me. Um, why don't you tell us maybe some of the strangest things that have happened to you while doing this? These kind of modalities. Oh. Well, you know, um, when I first started with this work, first I, I thought, you know, physical healing, this is where it's at. And I, I've i seen many physical healings. And, in fact, speaking of a seminar setting, you know, in a seminar setting, we have time where people are sitting in the chairs um, listening about the philosophy or seeing the work demonstrated. And then there's a lot of time spent um, at the massage tables where people are practicing on each other. One of the more interesting healings that I observed in the seminar setting is where this woman, um, she had had lifelong scoliosis. This woman looked like she was probably in her 50s. And she was working one-on-one. There was somebody else working on her, um, somebody who, you know, it's Saturday afternoon, they're probably still thinking, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not sure what this is about. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And the woman with the scoliosis, the lifelong scoliosis, who'd gone through all sorts of conventional medical treatment, had a, a healing in the, over the course of this five- to seven-minute healing exercise. Suddenly her spine was straight. Now, what made this particularly interesting is this woman happened to have a tattoo of a snake that went across her spine, and now the tattoo is crooked. We actually had photographs. <laughs> so that sort of thing where you've got somebody who is just learning the work, facilitating this amazing healing, it's such a joy to see because it, it broadens my perspective. I always had this thought, you know, oh, you've got to work really hard to be good at anything. But really with Reconnected Healing, this is about stepping into our, our mastery by letting go, by trusting, being present moment by moment with the process. And trusting in the wisdom of the universe, and sometimes amazing things unfold. Now, for me, you know, there has been lots of physical healings. One of the first physical healings I saw in my practice, uh, it confused me a little bit because this man did not believe in the work. In fact, his wife had dragged him in for this. Now, this man had advanced hepatitis C and an enlarged spleen. He had a very distended belly. He was in a lot of pain. Now, you know, his wife had made the appointment for him. She brought him in. She was in the waiting room with him. You know, it's like all nice, nice in the waiting room. And then I bring the man back, and he lets me know in no uncertain terms that, you know, he doesn't believe in this woo-woo work. It was his wife's idea. Not sure why he's there. Okay, we'll just go ahead and lie down and relax. And To make a long story short, he ended up having uh, healing after a second healing session, complete healing, he um, was no longer in pain, and the swelling went away within a month. So this gentleman who didn't believe in this woo-woo work had a healing. Now, initially I'm thinking, this is great. You know, look at this amazing healing. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. It took me two years and a lot of belief and a lot of intention in order to heal myself of cancer. Here's a man who had a very fast healing, and he didn't even believe in the work. And it helped me to understand that... Yes, you know, our belief systems are really important in terms of how what we attract in our lives, how we vibrationally shift, the kind of health and well-being we have. But that's not all there is. There are other gifts from the universe that come through with reconnective healing, and I believe in, in some other ways on this planet. And it helps a person to shift. This man not only had a healing of his um, hepatitis, he also had a healing of his belief system. His whole perspective on reality was opened up. That makes me want to cry. Wow. Was he the first person that you worked on that you actually saw something so dramatic happen? It, he was. And, you know, over the course of the many years, I've seen, you know, all sorts of physical healings from Crohn's disease to fibromyalgia, um, lots of emotional healings as well, and I talked a little bit about that. But also, um, people seem to feel, oh, how do I put this? During sessions, sometimes people have multidimensional experiences where, where they are seeing things that they normally don't see with their eyes closed. They're feeling sometimes the presence of, of some 
buddy, you know, maybe a, a loved one who's passed away or feeling some sort of, like, protective presence that's helping them. But many people feel more connected to source after having sessions or going through the seminar. And so people will talk about, like, seeing things, like the, the, the light, the colors, being much more vibrant, hearing much more clearly, and just having a sense of better connection to source. And from my perspective, that's the most important healing of all we can have. Speaking of heal, um, hearing, have you seen, well, you were talking about hearing, but have you seen someone that's hard of hearing get better? Yes, and I've seen people lose their glasses, you know, not because they, they um, just lost them, but rather they no longer needed their glasses. Uh, oh, sure. And, and there was one time in a seminar setting where there was a woman who was um she was, I think she was one of the people filming. Eric went up to her to say something to her. He touched her on the shoulder, and suddenly um, her tinnitus that she'd had for, I think, two or three years went away. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Huge. Have you worked on anyone that has dementia? You know, I did. I, I actually had the opportunity to work on my mother as um, she had dementia. She went into hospice uh, a couple of years ago. She had congestive heart failure and um, was expected to live no more than a couple of months. And so I did healing sessions on her. And I have to tell you, when working on a loved one, sometimes it's difficult to let go of attachment to outcome. It's a really important thing because the more we let go, um, the, the better the healings are. And so, you know, watching my mother suffer, you know, part of me wanted her to pass quickly. And... What ended up happening is one day she woke up and she said, I'm not going to die. And the fluid from her lungs, she was on four liters of oxygen. You know, she let go of the oxygen. The fluid from her lungs left. She got off the oxygen. The fluid in her body, the excess fluid, drained out. She got to be more mobile. And her um, her mental clarity increased. And it was just wonderful to see because her dementia um, was interfering with her speech and her, she would have times of great clarity where she could also speak, and other times where it was just clear that she understood and she was able to love and feel love and communicate in a different way. So, um, yes, I've definitely seen people improve with dementia, including my own mother, who, by the way, passed away in May, um, 16 days after my father passed away. And, you know, having somebody pass away is um, not a failure in terms of the healing world. It's just a part of life, and she went very, very peacefully. And I was there near her side until probably within 30 minutes of her passing. And I did reconnect to healing on her then as well. What did she feel about the reconnective sessions that you would give her during during, um, them? And she just accepted them or... Well, you know, I have to tell you that initially when I got involved with this work, my parents um, thought it was a little strange. And over the course of the years, they um, came to not only accept it, but to feel very proud that I was involved with this work. And they loved getting sessions. They absolutely loved it. So um, is your center running the, the entire time that you're going worldwide teaching this? I mean, do yes, you have I've got, practitioners? I've got, I have other practitioners um, who, whom I've hand-selected who are wonderful practitioners, and they're there at the center working um, when I'm on the road. Do you what have, city is uh, it? Uh, no. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Paula. I was just going to say exactly where it's at for the people that are in Washington area that could go to your center. It's in the Seattle area in a town called Woodenville, Washington, but it's the greater Seattle area. And if you go to my website, which is C for Christine, U for Upchurch Healing, cuhealing.com, um, you can find out more about my center there. Okay. I thought that was cute. What you you picked for your website? See you. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> when given initials like that, you know, I couldn't resist the pun. Uh, well, okay, let me ask you now. Have you thought about putting together a book or something of your own? Yes, indeed. I'm I'm working on a book right now, and um, it's. It's really about my journey because I've learned so many lessons along the way that I think would be pertinent for others from how I healed myself of cancer 
from the many gifts and lessons I've learned from um, being a reconnected healing practitioner and instructor and about what I think it means to step into one's authenticity because I really feel like a lot of our inner struggles have to do with the, feel, with the sense of not being connected. And yes, it means connected to source, but also not being connected to self, our true self. So I do have a book that's um, in progress. And can this work help people, um, <laughs> What? how would I say, like while you're uh, working with your book, does this energy help you focus and um, do what you're supposed to be doing? That's a great question. I think that um, creative process involves tapping into that field, tapping into, uh, I don't know, the divine, or some people might call it the higher self, some aspect of ourselves that really isn't in our analytic mind. And there's something about working with these frequencies or connecting with reconnective healing that allows that flow to occur more more. Um, easily. So is this part of uh, level three, the creative level, energy? Level three actually teaches a, re- a reconnective healing practitioner how to facilitate something called the reconnection. And that is utilizing these same frequencies of healing but overlaying a new meridian system. It's sort of like the Chinese meridian system. There's some overlap, but it's different and extends beyond the body. And the purpose of this is to help a person connect with the energy grid lines or ley lines of the earth and the energetic grid system of the universe for the purpose of reconnecting to our, you know, the better version of ourselves, the, the, the perfect blueprint, if you will, so that we can sort of point, in the, point ourselves in the direction of um, the more evolved version of ourselves and sp- help speed us along on our life path. Terrific. When will the third uh, session be coming about? That will be on the 23rd and 24th of October there in L.A. Oh, sorry, that's that's the level one, too. It's the 25th and 26th of October. It's, it's the, the two days following the level one and two seminar. Hmm. My goodness. So and quite a if, schedule. Yes, and if anybody wants to learn more about this, I encourage them to go to thereconnection.com. And uh, there's information not only about the, the L.A. events, but events around the world and descriptions of what the different events are. Is 2012 uh, schedule up yet? Not yet, no. We're still working on that schedule. Okay. The courses are such an inspiration. I mean, it's it's just listening to you talk about this. It's like... Uh, boy, this is the cream of exciting. the crop here. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Well, we are living in an, an interesting age right now, and some people may feel really stuck in their lives in various ways, um, but we are getting wonderful gifts on the planet, and you know, I encourage anybody who feels drawn to this to check it out, to, to read Eric's book, to check out the website, maybe come to the free events in L.A. if you're, you know, in, in Southern California or fly down to Southern California, you know, to come check it out because um, when we're drawn to this, we're drawn to it for good reason. It's changed my life in many ways. Well, besides what you've mentioned, how how else has it changed your life? You know, for me, it put me on a you know a different life path, which has been wonderful. Um, it's got me to look at things differently. For instance, when working as a practitioner, uh, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to let go of attachment. We're supposed to let go of fear, not direct. I have to tell you that when doing this within the context of a session room, you start to think in terms of the fears that come up. Oh, gosh, you know, I hope this person has a good experience. Oh, no, that's based on fear. Oh, I hope this person gets the healing thereafter. Oh, no, whoops, that's based on fear. You know, the, I start I start to observe how fear-based I really am. And it, ha- it began inside the session room, but it followed me out into my daily life. And it's like, oh, I recognize not only how fear-based I was, and still am to a certain degree, but how fear-based the media is, how many people seem to be coming from a place of fear. And by walking through fear, 
it helps to shift us in really dramatic ways. I believe that um, within a session room, you know, when you let go of fear, the most amazing healings occur then. And in our daily lives, when we let go of fear, the most amazing transformations occur for ourselves then as well. You know, Christine, I think so many people have this. Oh, yeah. So many people have this kind of fear or or thought process or, you know, thoughts just rolling through. So to be able to just lift and not have, knowing you don't need these kind of thoughts to make anything work positively, you know. Right. Well, we've, and, we've been taught that since we were little. Oh, so. yes. And we're we're taught to be little control freaks, aren't we? You know, some, somehow we feel like we like to control things around us and fix things for people and fix things for ourselves. And, you know, I, I don't know, but I certainly didn't get a, um, many lessons in the art of allowing, which is so huge in terms of um, finding our inner balance, finding ease, finding healing, allowing healing to occur. And I think that just becoming aware of our fear, you know, that chatter inside of our heads is a huge step in the right direction. Well, talking about attachment, um, not having an attachment to the outcome, have you had people that you've worked on, You were, uh, they've asked for a particular thing to be healed, and then something else was healed first, or oh, it absolutely. became healed, but they weren't, <laughs> they weren't even thinking about. Absolutely, and it's it's always a joy to see because, um, you know, people will come in with one thing, uh, and then, you know, they have another healing of something else that they've just come to accept. For instance, I had a woman come in, and she had been experiencing um, foot pain for five, six years. She could only wear, you know, a couple pairs of shoes. She, you know, had to like set everything else aside in her closet. She was awakened several times a night by her foot pain, and she had just learned to live with this. So when she came in to see me, she came in to see me for some other reason completely. And guess what? Overnight, her foot pain was gone. And she started. She was able to wear the other shoes. And you know, I had somebody who came in with it, 25 years of obsessive compulsively biting the inside of her mouth, and she had tried all sorts of things, including some alternative healing therapies. And um, one healing session, and it was done. That's pretty incredible. We have only one minute, so um, you want to give out your website one more time for the people. You bet. Um, it's thereconnection.com, and um, I encourage people who are um, interested in learning more about this work to do that. And also, um, check out Eric's book, The Reconnection: Heal Others, Heal Yourself. And uh, have people check out your website, which is cuhealing.com. Christine, so it's so you. exciting. Yeah. Thank it's you for so nice being to have with you us. with us. Thank you. My pleasure. Our, <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Reconnecting. <laughs> bye bye. We look forward to seeing you. Okay. So you were listening to Christine Upchurch. So, um and if anyone has uh the ability, I hope that we see you down in Los Angeles at the conference. Oh, absolutely. Okay, take care and thank you for being with us. <laughs> 